All right, good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, July 8th edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin. I'm joined on Thursday afternoons, as always, by my co-host here, AJ Shula. What's going on, AJ? How are you, man? What's up, Adam? No PFL or BFL, excuse me, PFL or Bellator this week, but the show must go on. Uh, Tough to recap. A great UFC card that I think is better beyond just the main event obviously the main event is great i just i don't feel as though this card is, mm-hmm. is being carried by the main event so I, i'm really excited about it i'm with you on that aj i think people are they're just talking about connor and dustin obviously and i, I get that especially if you're a casual fan those are the guys that you're pulling in for but tuning in for i should say but it's guys who have studied the whole card I and mean, the card's pretty damn good and there's some good fights on the, on the bottom so i'm looking forward to talking about that with you guys um we'll talk a little bit about ufc but obviously i did do the whole preview with marcel on tuesday so if you missed it go back in and watch that preview show um, if you missed that. But I do want to talk about um, some new fight announcements. We'll talk about our dog of the week. We always do that. And I want to start with Ultimate Fighter, though, AJ. We didn't. We weren't here last week. I, I think I did it with uh, with um, Solo, and then Marcel joined me halfway through last week's episode. I want to give you the or like an episode of this. I should say I wanted to give you the week off, AJ. But we haven't talked about last week's episode or this week's episode. So let's talk about last week's first, okay? Um, Brian Battle defeated Cameron Latchamov. And I got to be honest, AJ, I was a little bit surprised how this fight went. Like, this is a guy that had a lot of experience, uh, including win over Kyle Crutchmer in Bellator, and comes in here and loses to a guy who's not exactly the most uh, seasoned veteran in Brian Battle. But I thought Brian looked outstanding in this fight, AJ. I was very impressed by his performance. A good, solid showing where he was just able to kind of stay on the outside, pick this guy apart, use his length and reach. He had like a five-inch reach advantage, I want to say, in that fight. And to beat a guy like Letcherbob, who's a Bellator veteran, that's a good win for this guy. So what were your thoughts on last week's fight? Yeah, uh, Brian uh, put Volkanovski, Team Volkanovski, on the board to go start their winning streak. And, uh, yeah, as you alluded to, he's a huge guy uh, for the weight class in terms of, like, his length, his overall frame. And, yeah, he just basically had a lot of success striking on the outside. Uh, his opponent, uh, Lachinov, I believe is how you pronounce it, just no no defense whatsoever. We just saw his hands just completely at his waist, and he was just taking shots. And um, that's just no that's just not a good way, look in the eyes of the judges. You know, even if you're walking forward, you're just taking clean shots. And um, more top, more power to Brian. And uh, yeah, it was a really good performance to uh, you know get things off on the right foot for Team Volk. Yeah, again, you know that guy. Okay, he doesn't have a lot of pro experience. I should say this right, but I don't know if I was talking to you about it or, or Marcel when we were talking about the guys before the season, dude. He has a win over Impa Kasangani as an amateur, right? So that's a good so that's a good win as an amateur. Again, it's not a pro fight, but that is still pretty good. So when I saw that, I was like, okay, maybe this guy's a little better than, than what we thought. But uh, yeah, I, I think the guy's very good. Now, let's talk about this week's fight. Ricky Palacios and uh, Dan Argueta. Man, great fight. And uh, some people calling it fight of the year already. Dana White was happy with the fight. I thought it was a war. And both guys left on the cage. I loved afterwards. After they were, I think Dan, the guy who lost, he's like, why do we do this? Like, I thought that was so awesome. Such a great quote, man. I mean, great fight, AJ. And that's why we that's why we love the sport, man. So, give me your thoughts on the fight. Yeah, dude, I I agree with people that think this was like the fight of the season so far. Obviously, there's more to come, but this was like head and shoulders the best we've seen so far. I mean, they just went to war for three rounds. Um, Ricky, or excuse me, Daniel had some success in round one, still close round, and then Ricky uh, dug deep. He proved to be the fighter with better cardio uh, once he took his back there in round three. It was pretty much a wrap. Daniel was able to reverse him there briefly at the end, but uh, Ricky rebounded and, you know, was able to seal off the round. Uh, 
despite getting a eating a huge upkick, he, he remained conscious and uh, uh, rema- uh, remained on top. So I think the judges got it right. And I was excited to, I'm always excited when the show goes to a third round. I just, I just love to see more of the fight. And uh, this one rightfully went to a third round where just Daniel being the fresher guy, the, the better grappler at that point in the fight, just, you know, was, was the rightful winner. I thought so uh, happy for him. That was a, an impressive performance. I do wish they were all three round fights too. I've always thought that, but we get two round fights, but yeah, I mean like Palacios, you know, obviously it was a nice win, man. It was a, it was a good, it was a good solid fight and I was pretty impressed AJ. So yeah, I mean, this is a guy AJ in Palacios who, um, you know, had some experience right on uh, ultimate fighters or excuse me, not on contender series, I should say. So that probably helped him a little bit coming into this fight. So I, I was pretty impressed, but this argumentative guy, I mean, listen, he did lose, but I don't think this guy's too bad. You know what I mean, AJ? Like, he he showed quite a bit in the first round, just got tired. Um, and I, sorry, I'm saying his name wrong, guys. Sorry, it's Ricky Turkios. I don't know why I said Plasto. That's a different fighter. My apologies. <laughs> I get them confused. Ricky, pretty Ricky Turkios. My apologies, guys. So, yeah, I like the guy, man. I think he's good, AJ. And, uh, you know, that was a good win for him. And I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how he looks going forward in, in the show. Um, who is like, who's been the guy that's impressed you the most so far? Is, is there anyone that, that stood out? Um, I liked Ricky's performance. I liked, I mean, Murdoch's performance was impressive and in, in that it was just a, a quick in and out, but, uh, I've seen him perform on the contender series against Saldana. Um, don't know how he would fare against a step up in comp, but in terms of how he looked on the show, I thought that was a uh, good, uh, as well as Ludovic who beat, uh, Mitch Rapasso, who was the number one pick on the show. I, I really liked how similar to Ricky, he dug deep in rounds two and round or just I think he won. Did they go to third round? He he yeah, won yeah. the latter half of the fight uh, with his grappling. He was like a, 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 a persistent takedown artist, which I liked. Kind of like I like Petrowski's skill set. I just I wish he was more urgent to wrestle. Uh, Treshawn, very good kicks, I'd say. Battle, yeah. same thing we talked about. So I, I consider a lot of these guys specialists, but I guess I'm most impressed with Ludovic, Ricky, and uh, Andre just because I think they're a bit more well-rounded and really good on the mat, which um, if you're, uh, I think we've talked about before, but if it's got to be a guy that's really good on the ground or uh, on the feet, I'd rather have the guy that's really good on the ground. Um, and that's why I like those those guys probably the most. I think they have the highest upside on the show so far. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's some good observations there. I was going to say though, like, so I was, I was saying the wrong, his name wrong, obviously. So Ricky Palacios was on or on Contender Series as well. That's why I was confused by the two. They have very similar names, obviously, and they both fought a band of weight, so it's, it's kind of confusing. But yeah, I like Turkios, man. He looked good. So overall, AJ, I mean, like the fights have been decent so far, obviously. I got to be honest, man, I have been skipping through like the stuff in the house. You know, it's just it's just a lot of fluff, I think, a lot of uh, filler. But I did watch the part where they did take away his wheels, um, where uh, was it? Ortega took away Volkanovski's wheels on his car and they put the donkeys. I thought that was pretty funny. And Volkanovski and those guys had a laugh too. So they get to get some credit where credit was due. It was a pretty good little prank there. AJ. So any more fast thoughts on, on top before we move on to some other stuff? No, I'm just, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And the people that wanted the beef, Hey, you got the beef now. So uh, <laughs> the show goes on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Okay. So let's talk about some news and stuff. Cause there has been some, and we'll do some fight announcements too. Um, and like I said, we'll, we'll do our bet of the week a little bit later on. But uh, AJ, I got to ask you about this fight, man. So it's not official yet, guys, by any means, but you all know what I'm talking about. Nick Diaz and Robbie Lawler, too, AJ. This is uh, 
being targeted, according to UFC President Dana White, for a September card. So when I saw it, I was like, sweet, this is a great fight. It makes sense. You know, if they're going to bring back these guys for another fight, especially Nick, who hasn't fought forever, why not fight a guy like Robbie Lawler, who he's, he's got a history with, who's also on a decline, who's also an older guy. I think it's a good fight. I think it's a fair fight. I think either guy can win. The odds are out. Robbie Lawler's a big favorite. He's like minus 250, plus 210 for Nick Diaz. That was the opening line. What are your thoughts on the fight? Just initial thoughts on in the line. Yeah, I think it makes a ton of sense considering where they're at in their respective careers. Um, I hope I'm wrong on this, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the loser be assigned their walking papers just considering the circumstances of Nick not having fought and he's coming in on a big losing streak too, uh, as is Robbie Waller. Just don't really know. While people will definitely watch these guys, it's more like, you know, we know the sport is more of like people look at, not me and you, but a lot of people in general look at it is what have you done for me lately? And when you look at these guys, it's just they haven't been winning con- uh, consistently recently. And so I don't think while they do have a big name in general, they don't have as big of a pull as they did when they were in their prime. So um, th- th- we've seen it time and time again with the UFC. They're being pretty strict with these guys that are on high salary deals that aren't exactly performing great. And so they're just doing what they think makes business sense. So um, I would imagine both of them have high salary demands to say the least. And uh, considering those circumstances, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think as far as the booking goes and uh, Lawler being a favorite, I think makes sense just based on his activity, but um, who knows what we're going to see out of Nick Diaz. I hope we see the best, but um, we might get to see him lay down in the octagon again, like he did against Anderson Silva, which would be hilarious, but uh, you never know what you get out of the Diaz brothers. I gotta be honest, I did not enjoy that fight. As a fan who was really looking forward to that fight, I thought that the the Anderson Silva and Diaz fight was very disappointing. So hopefully it doesn't ha- doesn't play like that because I wasn't entertained by that fight. The laying down thing was a meme. It's become a meme, I guess, but the fight itself was not great. Okay, let's talk about some uh, some news, Adrian. Then we'll do some fighting out for the stuff in a bit. But let's talk about some news. So not sure if you saw this, but we have a backup fighter for the UFC 264 main event. Did you see this, AJ? Rafael Sanos is the backup. Did you see this? No, I did not. Well, he's the backup. He's in Vegas right now cutting weight. Yeah. So wow. it makes sense, right? Because just say someone does get pulled for COVID or something. You never know, right? Anything. Injury. You don't want to lose your main event because if you lose the main event, you're screwed. But if at least if you bring in RDA, it, it, it gives you a decent replacement fight. But I, hopefully this doesn't happen, right? Like we're hoping that the fight goes on. But any thoughts on this? Yeah, obviously we want the, the Poirier and McGregor trilogy to go on. But – if you are, if, if hypothetically, if Poirier pulls out and you want one guy in there, yeah. I think Dos Anjos makes a lot of sense. And I know me and you've been watching the sport a, a long time, but we know that this was this fight that McGregor was initially going to have for the belt before the whole Diaz uh, bouts happened. And so these two, just like the last fight we talked about, have history. Yep. And that is why it's very intriguing. And Dos Anjos is coming off an impressive performance uh, now that he's got his weight uh, cutting issues seemingly under control at 155 pounds. Um, he, he's much more of a force, not that he was a bad fighter at one, 170 or anything, but he's much more of a force at 155, much more of a player. So, um, you know, I know he's been in some, uh, some fights, some wars, and he's, um, been in the game a long time, but he, he looked pretty good against Felder not too long ago. So I, mm-hmm. I have no issue whatsoever with this, with this plan. It's actually nice to see the UFC have a backup plan rather than just, um, you know, even though it probably doesn't come to fruition, then, then just kind of winging it or something like that. Yeah, you know, crossing my fingers doesn't happen. I want to see the trilogy between Dustin and, and Connor, but this is not a bad uh, replacement if that doesn't come to happen. Hopefully, that, that that's not the case, though. I think we all want to see that trilogy fight. Having said that, you know, 
this is a fight RDA versus either of those guys. That does make sense in the future. Um, let's talk a little bit some other news here. I'm just going to get some stuff. Uh, Bilal Muhammad, man, he still wants the rematch with with, uh, with Leon. He just doesn't think Leon deserves it coming off the, the fight with Nate and he almost getting stopped in the fifth round. And he thinks with Colby Covington fighting uh, Usman next, he just thinks that Edward should take a fight in the meantime instead of like, potentially waiting a year on the sidelines. Any thoughts on this, uh, AJ? Um, I mean, it kind of sucks for Muhammad, like in a way, but at the same time, he wasn't the original opponent for Edwards. Mm. It was just kind of circumstantial when they were, were going to fight earlier this year that he stepped in and uh, kudos to the guy. But in many ways, I thought him fighting Maya instead was a way better fight for Muhammad because mm. it was a better matchup for him. And he still accomplishes the goal of getting a big name on his resume. Um, so I respect the hell out of Bilal Muhammad, but I think he's got kind of a definitive ceiling in this weight class like he could you know hang with a lot of these guys but he can't necessarily beat a lot of them clear and I think uh, a guy like Leon Edwards is a guy that he struggles with I mean we only got to see a round play out of that fight but but we both saw who was winning there and mm -hmm. uh I don't think the fight would play out much differently if it gets extended of course you know maybe he clips him or something like Diaz did but Muhammad hasn't really shown to be a big power puncher and uh you know he's fought some of the guys with the lesser durability he hasn't been able to hurt him so um, in some ways, it might be an easier fight for Leon than the Diaz fight was. So um, kudos to Muhammad for being a willing opponent. But I, I think he's this is a, a big uh, ask, to be honest. I agree. I agree. Let's talk about this, AJ. A bit of a, uh, a 180 here. We'll talk about this news because this was something that happened yesterday. And I know a lot of fighters are really excited about this one, man. I'll get your co comments in a sec, guys. One sec. I just want to talk about this quickly. Nevada will no longer discipline UFC fighters and boxers for using marijuana. So got to mention the boxers too, but great, great news. I mean, I'm not sure like what your personal thoughts are on marijuana or whatever, AJ, but as someone who lives in Canada, it's illegal here. You know, it's been a part of my life for a long time personally. So, I mean, it's not a big deal for me, AJ. I mean, any thoughts on this? I don't see an issue with it, to be honest. It's not like a legitimate performance enhancer to, for, to my understanding. And, um, it's just unless the, AJ, unless you are in a hot dog eating competition, then it is a performance anti drug. Oh, how can I forget? Yeah, I forgot. If <laughs> if we're, if we if one of these fighters decides to go into the hot dog business, no mosh. You can't you can't oblige to that. But uh, it makes sense. You know, we we've seen through the years that the regulations have been uh, a lot easier on on this sort of topic, and uh, it makes sense that the UFC came around to it eventually. I remember a lot of us would, would roll our eyes whenever we see a mm -hmm. fighter get suspended for marijuana on Twitter because everybody knows it's not it's not like a legitimate thing that could help you perform inside the octagon. Yeah. So um, some fighters take it to recover, to relax, whatever the reason is. Um, I don't I don't have an issue with it whatsoever. I think that it was kind of inevitable. Uh, when they were going to actually implement this. And I saw somebody put it on Twitter, but, you know, better late than never or something like that. I think it was best fight yeah. picks. So uh, yeah, I, I want to give credit. Too. I agree yeah. with that. Um, I was going to say Nico Price. So he was one of the guys that was kind of like the poster <laughs> boy for this because he is a self-admitted pothead, or was, I should say, because uh, he was suspended six months and fined 8,500 after the Donald Cerrone fight. He also lost the draw off his record, turned into a contest. He said, they were asking him yesterday, he's fighting this weekend. He was like, I don't smoke weed anymore. I quit six months ago or whatever. So he says he's sober now. He says he's, he's saving a lot of money by not smoking. So everyone's like, Nico Price, like, we're go knock on his door right now. He's probably taking advantage of the new rules. It's like, the guy's like, no, I don't smoke anymore. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, we get some comments here, guys. Let's do it. Kevin, backup fighter for non-title fight. That's probably a first, right? Maybe, but again, it is a five-round main event. There's probably been another one. 
I'm just trying to think what it is, but there's probably been, I know obviously they've had for main events and stuff or for title fights. Um, like there's been guys in the past, Volkov filled in once for a heavyweight title fight. I think, uh, last summer, I believe it was the, uh, the trilogy was Stipe and, and, uh, Cormier Volkov filled in or he was, he weighed in, I should say, Jacare Souza a few years ago weighed in for one. I think it was against, I think when Chris Weidman was fighting someone. So yeah. And, and also Cole mentioned this Chandler bat hooker. Backups for Connor Poirier, although they were on the card too, Cole. I think he saw maybe just a random fighter and saw on the card. But yeah, let me get these comments. Jose said he wants to see the fight. He actually hopes he would rather see RDA and Connor. I mean, listen, AJ, if, if we do get this, if we do get a different fight, what are you going to, like, how does that change your game plan for this weekend as far as like betting, DFS, et cetera goes? What would you do if that does happen tomorrow? Um, <laughs> I've always, <laughs> it would change a lot. I mean, it really would because, um, I've thought that RDA has the tools to beat Connor. And I think especially with short notice, it would mean that he probably, we probably see him as a big underdog. And um, this might be just wishful thinking, but it would change my opinion a lot. I might bet RDA as crazy as that sounds because um, I mean, I, I love Connor McGregor just like everybody else. And I'm sure we'll talk about it a bit later, but he's got clear strengths and weaknesses as a fighter. And I think the weaknesses a guy like Dos Anjos could exploit. Of course, Connor could go out there and do his thing early, but it would change quite a bit uh, from a betting perspective. From a stylistic perspective, Connor's fights to me are always kind of the same from a blank perspective in that he's really dangerous in rounds one or two. But as we've seen, if you extend him, he tends to fatigue. And if you put him through in a bad spot, he tends to uh, you know, not always react well to adversity. I, I know he did well against Diaz the second time, but there were even glimpses of that fight, like at the end of round three where Diaz was flurrying on him. It wasn't looking so good. Um, so yeah, Connor's like always that guy to me, like super dangerous in, in the first 10 minutes or so. But beyond that, we've seen him struggle. And a guy like Koto Sanyos has great cardio, great grappling, underrated wrestling. It would change a lot because Poirier doesn't really have a good enough of a takedown game, in my opinion, to take Connor down with consistency. Whereas I think Dos Anjos does, especially if Connor's tired. So um, as crazy as it seems, I would it would change quite a lot. Uh, <laughs> do you see it the same way? I I I have to think about it more, AJ. I know it's a cop out answer, but like this is I still don't want to think this is going to happen, guys. You know, what I mean, like I did a lot of research on the Connor and Poirier fight, but yeah, I mean, I think that RDA would have a decent chance to be Connor because of the grappling. Like you said, Poirier, I don't know, but Connor, I think he could grapple him. They got these other comments, guys. Sorry, there's a lot here. Um, couldn't they, why can they find already a fight in the card instead? I'm not sure. I, I prefer when they do do this, if they get the guy to fight in the card, unless he said, I don't want to fight. I just want to be the backup. It's possible. Cause I know Glover Teixeira said that last year when he was the backup. Um, let me get these other comments. Uh, Mitch, I want to get your comment, man. You've asked a few times now. What are your thoughts on Cam's at Chemayev? I, I like Cam, uh, Hamza. This is Hamza. Um, I, I like it, man. I mean, he's definitely a good, solid prospect at 170 and apparently 185 too. Um, it's just that the guys obviously had a lot of health issues, but I mean, we all saw what he did last week, last uh, summer, I should say, on Fire Island. It was very impressive. So, just really brief thoughts on on uh, on Cam's at uh, AJ. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the biggest like hurdles to overcome to get back in the octagon honestly like i know there's every fighter's got their own sort of adversity to go through but like this is a guy that a lot of us are very excited about and it's so unfortunate that he had to go through this uh unfortunate uh, i guess illness is what you want to call it that's kept him out after being so willing to fight so often right when he came into the ufc and uh 
I still like him, but I'm definitely going to pump the brakes on him. I, I bet him in two of his three fights when he came to the UFC, but I want to actually see how he responds after uh, coming back from this. Uh, unfortunate. I mean, he's got like a hole in his neck. I saw a picture of, so mm-hmm. you never know how a guy is going to look coming back. I mean, the guy we, we look at him now is, um, uh, you know, when he was fighting, he just, he literally looked like he was unstoppable in there. So, um, but I would like to see him. I, I think the rock hold match is, is interesting. I know he kind of saw some, uh, reasons as to why that maybe didn't materialize, but that would be, that would be a fight I'd want to see someday, whether it's now or later. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to fight 185, I'd watch it. But he says he's he's going to go to 170. So we'll see. Um, and speaking of 170, here's another question, Rose. Should Tony move up to 170 and fight Bilal as his first fight back? That's interesting. I think that's an interesting comment, Jose. I think at this point, you know, losing three straight fights, dominant fashion, albeit to top 10 guys, AJ. Having said that, I mean, Tony's takedown defense was bad at 155. AJ goes to 170 and fights these, these killer wrestlers. I just think... I feel like he's past his prime now. I hate saying it because I'm, I'm a huge fan of the guy, but I just don't think AJ, his, his defensive grappling is good enough to be a competitive high-level guy anymore. What do you think? Yeah, Tony moving up or changing away class, I don't think changes like the career trajectory that he's on. I mean, we've just seen performance after performance now where he's just looked bad. Um, and now with 37 or 38, it just – the arrow doesn't seem to be pointing the right way. He's had all these injuries you know, years ago too. It's just – we know Tony Ferguson is as mentally tough as they come. However, the body uh, at, at some point has a breaking point, right? So uh, don't think a, a move up would serve him well. Don't think he would have any sort of different results, as you pointed out, the takedown defense, even though Muhammad isn't a great wrestler, uh, could still take him down due to the size and, and the persistence and things like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I bet Tony against Oliveira, an atrocious bet. And I, that was a guy that I thought he could beat in his prime. And watching that and watching the Dariush fight and looking at the Gaethje performance again, it just, it's unfortunately not trending in the right direction. So got to be honest before I'm nice. And uh, that's how I see it. Yeah. And I think a lot of people even thought the Cerrone fight like was kind of a battle. Like it should have been an easier fight for him that got stopped because of the eye injury, not because he knocked him out. Marcus says Leon Edwards fighting Maswell next to move to make. I agree. I like that fight too. I mean, it's a good fight. Um, but we'll see again. The winner of, of uh, Burns and Wonderboy plays into that title picture too, especially if it's, if it's uh, Wonderboy because he's never fought for the belt. And says, "What if Makachev be the backup fighter and Dustin gets injured?" Yeah, that's not happening. But Makachev's fighting next week. I want to say against Tiago Moises, five round fight, interesting fight. He's a huge favorite. By the way, I don't know if you saw the line. I just took a brief look. I don't like looking too far ahead, but I was like, "Damn, five to one. That's that's stiff." But you know, mm-hmm. Tiago Moises doesn't get a lot of uh, respect in the sports books. Typically, the guy's very good. Uh, I'll talk about that fight in a sec, Jose, because I'm going to do the fight announcements. Um, I know that Cole's being asked a couple questions here. Let me go to the fight announcements then in the meantime. Although I do – actually, sorry, there's a few – there's two other pieces of news I want to talk about really quickly. This was something I think Cole wrote yesterday on, on uh, BJ. I'm going to show this to you, AJ. I don't know if you saw this. It's just weird. It's it's kind of related to the marijuana thing. So Mike Jackson defeated CM Punk a few years ago. It was a, just an atrocious fight and should have never taken place in the UFC, let's be honest. Um I like Mike Jackson. He's a cool dude and everything, but I mean, come on. Um, apparently, he smoked weed and tested positive. And for two years, AJ, the uh, Illinois Athletic Commission, whatever, <laughs> your neck of the woods, AJ. They, they've they've had this result, but no one's known about it. But yeah, he he didn't uh, doesn't have the official win in that fight. <laughs> and he thought to look at this: the Illinois Department of Financial and Professional Regulation. 
<laughs> oh geez it's, yeah. it's just like so it's so over the top i mean like to be honest with you when i saw this headline i like laughed because i didn't even realize that the result of jackson winning the fight was overturned in the first place and so when i saw it i was just like oh like he didn't win the unanimous decision officially oh okay but i i guess it makes sense considering you know they, they made all these decisions since the news broke and you know nick yeah. diaz is back and this results overturned and there's going to be more results overturned i'm sure if they weren't already yeah. um so it's not too surprising to me in the sense that with this new implementation, however, it was surprising to me because after these two fought, I just didn't pay any attention to their careers because we just I haven't know. seen them fight since. Nope. Let's talk about this quickly too, and then we'll do some fight announcements. But yeah, seven fighters got cut. Some of them were known a little bit, but Emil Mech was cut. Roki Martinez, I still thought he got robbed against Josh Freeze, and that sucks. He lost his job because of a uh, bad judge, in my opinion. Alexander Yakovlev got cut. Laura Procopio, who I know you're really high in AJ, and she got cut. I'm a little surprised by that one. Christian Aguilera, bad takedown defense, no submission defense. I can see why he got cut. Sukalich hasn't looked impressive. He actually has a fight booked already against Carlo Pratt. And Joe Ellenberger, who hasn't been on the roster. Uh, sorry, he's been on the roster since 2014, but he hasn't fought since then. So it's weird that he was even on the roster. But any of these guys surprised you? Like, did you think Procopio would get another fight? Yeah, I thought Procopio could. Um, I'm not too surprised with Aguilera. Ellenberger, it is weird. I feel like the UFC should almost have a rule if you're – inactive after so many so much time they should ask like hey do you, do you want to fight because i didn't even know ellenberger was still considered on the roster until i saw this uh yeah. mac i get and martinez and sakulich are coming off two fights where you could easily argue they won uh yakovlev i mean yeah he's uh, he was at the end of his run so you know the ufc is just making these decisions on the fly on the on the reg and you know they're looking at these fighters on the roster and in looking at it from a long-term scope and if they you know, don't see potential in, in, you know, what could be worked out both ways. I, it's really no surprise that they just, in a sense, are doing these fighters a favor and, and letting them go. I, I know that you could argue, well, now they're no longer with the UFC's top promotion, but it, it's got to be something that fits the interest of both people. And that's just the way it's got to be. It's it's business at the end of the day. If you can't stop a takedown, like how far are you going to go in the UFC anyways, right? Like a guy like Christian Aguilera, yeah, he's got a little bit of power in his hands, AJ. He cannot stop a takedown. So how far is he going to go at 205? Not very far. Um, Procopio, obviously we saw the, the cardio issues, but 25 years old. That's why I'm a little surprised she got the, the release at being only 25. But she wasn't – I know you had a bet on her in the last fight against, uh, I want to say, Casey O'Neill. And, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, Casey looked good in that fight. But I just – I didn't think that would be a loss that would get the girl cut. Roki, I thought would get cut, even though I didn't want him to, because I did think he won that fight. And then Mac, here's the thing: I don't think it's a bad cut because he's one and three, but he's been—he's actually been looking for a fight like recently in the UFC, and then apparently he wasn't on the roster. So the poor guy didn't even know he was on the roster. He's been at the Performance Institute, but he's been cut, so that's too bad. Um, let me get some comments here, guys. Pavlo said it's ridiculous. They changed the decision three years later. <sighs> yeah, it's pretty—it's pretty crazy. Um, the good thing is, again, you know, now that Nevada and USADA aren't testing for weed, I would imagine states like Illinois are going to be more lenient now. Even a state like Florida now, AJ, they're not testing anymore. So hopefully, again, your neck of the woods, AJ, hopefully these, these, the, the Illinois Department of Regulation and, and Public, whatever it was. <laughs> I know, this guy's so funny. All right, let's do some fight announcements, guys. Go to Marcel's page here. All right, big Marcel. He's not here today, but I'm sure he'll, he'll like us pipping his stuff. All right, here we go, AJ. Let's talk about some fights. Okay, so this this is disappointing, okay? Because obviously, my boy Cole broke the news that 
Alex Perez was going to fight Oscar Askarov, and now he's not. He's fighting Matt Schnell instead. It's just it's kind of weird um, because Schnell is coming off. I know that I think Perez lost his last fight too, but he was going to fight like a really highly ranked guy in Askarov. Now he's fighting a guy in Schnell. He just lost to uh, Rogerio Bontarin and didn't look impressive at all. So, any thoughts on this fight? Gotta think the number the the fighter or the winner of this fight has to be number one contender. It almost makes me think that the UFC is going to do a trilogy with Moreno and Figueredo based on this booking and the initial booking of Askarov and Perez because Perez and Askarov are at the top of the heap and it just it makes seems to make the most sense. But they had this fight booked a few months ago and then I think it was Perez pulled out and Bontarine stepped in. I like Perez in this matchup. I mean, I know we're not trying to break it down super in depth, but I, I liked him in the yeah. first time. I think Schnell's got questionable chin, questionable takedown defense, and um, I, I don't know. Schnell's a decent fighter and everything, yeah. but the durability and, and takedown defense are always a, a concern. And then he looked just bad in his last fight where he where he fought in front of – I think it was in Texas too where he's from. He just he did not have a good performance there. He was outstruck by a guy that he shouldn't be getting outstruck by. So um, I've been pretty high on Perez. I know that he's – had a couple of performances where he didn't look great. They're the headbutt in there, but um, I generally think he's a good fighter and he's very experienced as well. I have a lot of respect for his game. Yeah, he's solid. He's definitely good. I'm still surprised that Benavides beat him the way he did. That was one that kind of surprised me, but overall the guy's good. And I, I forgot that these guys were booked. So good point, Adrian. I guess that's why they were like, all right, you guys are training for each other. Let's just make the fight again. The only thing I'm thinking is like, did they pull Askarov so he can get the title fight with Moreno? Because that would make sense, that rematch. Otherwise, is just hurt, and then maybe they're going to do the, the trilogy if I would figure it out. Maybe. We'll see. Um, this is a fight that a few guys in the comments were talking about. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Carlos Felipe and Andre Arlovsky. It's a weird fight. I mean, this fight, it sure seems like it's going to go over 2.5 rounds. I'll say that right now. I mean, based on these guys, Felipe has no knockout power at all. We talked about that, and I still I still don't think he can knock anyone. I mean, if you can knock Arlovsky out, maybe he can do it because Arlovsky's chin's not great. But he hasn't been getting knocked out lately, and Arlovsky's looked pretty good. So quick thoughts on this one? Yeah, we we've been people have been saying for how many years that Arlovsky's done, and then he goes out there and like puts together a win or two, and then he just they keep giving him these these up and coming guys, these guys on these winning streaks, and um, I, I mean Felipe's got a good game to him. I mean he's he's come forward, durable guy, throws like a lot of boxing. He's just, I mean I think he's decent, but he's also fights very competitively. I think you could argue he lost to Collier and uh, Tafa. I just think that his like you said he's. He's powerful to some extent because he's such a big guy, but for heavyweight standards, he's not Josina Rosenstruck or anybody like that. So, um, and he's not a, obviously a good wrestler and grappler. We saw that against Spivak. So, um, with Arlovsky and his age and how long he's been fighting, you you know you can't expect to see the best of him. But um, he proved last time against Sherman that he still has something left. So, um, it's an interesting booking, and um, it's either going to be the Albini result that we saw against Arlovsky a few years ago, or it's going to be. Uh, the Rosenstruck pass in flying colors or uh, lose to the veteran. So, yep, I can see that. Pavlo says, Heavyweight division needs new blood, lacks talent. Uh, yeah, I agree with that too. I mean, no doubt. Maybe one of the weakest divisions in the men's divisions. Yeah, I still think like women's flyweight and featherweight are so weak, in my opinion. But for the men's divisions, yeah, heavyweight's not the deepest, obviously. I think 205 is getting a little deeper now. Maybe we'll start to see that happen in heavyweight. We'll get some younger guys like Chris Dawkins. I mean, Chris is, I think, 32, so he's not like in his 20s, but he's obviously young and improving still in that division. Got like Spivak's in his 20s. So there's there's some guys, and obviously Felipe too, we mentioned. Um, I don't think Felipe's great, but I can't ignore the fact he's one of the younger guys in the division. 
Is it a call? I want to add this on uh, Askarov Perez was in discussion for Moreno Figueroa too for what it's worth got final after finalized after that fight. Okay, cool. It's interesting. And Jose, just to answer your question on, on Chris Dawkins, I think he's very good. Um, I like the guy. I think he can go far in the sport. A couple other fights here, AJ. I know you like this fight, AJ. Amanda, Amanda Hevis versus v, uh, Vina Jandaroba. I mean, this fight could be really, really fun. Uh, she looked amazing, Jandaroba, in her last fight. And Rebus has had some good performances in the UFC. So what do you think of this book? Oh, yeah, this is great. They both have a common opponent in Mackenzie Dern. And, um, yeah, v- Jandaroba is a, you know, really good jiu-jitsu practitioner, as is Rebus. So it, it should be interesting if they go to the ground. We might see them strike with each other because – when they both fought Dern, they largely, I mean, there was some grappling exchanges, but they were pretty content to stand with one another. Um, I did like, I've never been a big fan of Jandaroba's striking in general. However, I think it looked better than ever last time against Murata. Mm-hmm. She lo- looked like she really went back and improved it. So um, I-, I think Rebus is a good striker as well, but I think it could be an interesting fight. I think if you would have, you know, somebody were to line this fight, maybe prior to the Murata performance, I think we'd see Rebus is a pretty sizable favorite here, but I used to think we could see a competitive line, you know, near Pickham or something mm-hmm. like that with what we know from their two most recent performances. So um, I think it's a great fight. Yeah, I agree with that too. I think it's a, it's a competitive fight for sure. And I don't think I talked about this one the other day with Marcel. So Marina Moroz and uh, Luana Carolina, any quick thoughts on this one? Uh, veteran versus prospect. I think Moroz is just uh, better than her. Mm-hmm. I, I'd never been a big fan of her wrestling in general, but uh, and Carolina did look better grappling than I thought last time out. I know um, her opponent, Batelio gassed, but she needed that win and she got it. Yep. Um, the Lipsky knee bar is still in the back of my mind, but uh, eh, you know, I mean, she, she deserves to to fight a fighter like Moreau's I'd say with, you know, uh, flyweight, as you said, doesn't have a ton of depth. It's still a new division. So it all kind of makes sense in a, in a way. Yeah. And all right. Talked, I think I talked about that one with Marcel already called Dawkins and, and Kevin Holland. I mean, yeah, Dawkins could win that fight, you know, if he takes him down. Just as if he commits to a wrestling heavy game plan like Phil Hawes did, he could win that fight. Or sorry, mm-hmm. not Phil Hawes. Phil Hawes beat Dawkins. Excuse me, Marvin Vittori. Just wrestling heavy, take him down, hold him there. Global wins. Patriots says it really notable. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess um, UFC two six seven yearly Abu Dhabi card. Noah Barrick and pay per view times. Yes, that card's in – okay, that's October 30th, if I'm not mistaken. I just saw on Twitter this afternoon. I don't know if it's official, but Ray Longo said that they're going to do Sterling and Yan on the date. That's what I saw. So I'm mm. surprised that Sterling's even available to fight at that point because I thought his neck was injured or something. So that's good, though. That's definitely good that they're going to get that fight going. Um, Let's kind of switch topics, AJ. Go back to UFC 264. Again, I don't want to break down the whole card, but I do want to get your thoughts on the main event. I ever, it's funny because I asked your thoughts on like on a potential main event before the actual fight that's happening. So <laughs> I haven't got your thoughts on McGregor and Poirier. I don't think we've talked about it like behind the scenes either. So give me your thoughts on the fight, man. I mean, uh, you know, they've got two of the best guys in the world going at it for the third time. They're one apiece. Who's going to win the third fight, man? Yeah, you know, Conor McGregor, whenever he fights, he just brings out so much emotion in people. Um, not everybody, of course, but it just it, it just speaks. It's a testament to how uh, polarizing he is. And uh, I love Conor. I, when he fights, I, I think the sport is even more spectacular than it's already proven to be, even with this timeout. And, uh, but when we look at fights, we know we can't just get emotionally invested in these fighters. We got to analyze them skill for skill, how they match up stylistically. And Conor could win this fight. And I, I know... I bet Dustin the rematch, but even in that, I acknowledge that Connor could beat him and Connor could beat him this time too. I just think that for Connor to win, 
He's got to do it in rounds one or two because beyond that, we've seen it more than once with him. He slows down after the, the second round. And again, maybe there's always reason to believe the cardio was improving in the meantime, but Connor has been with the same camp and kudos to him for being loyal and all that. But there's no reason for me to believe that the same MO that he's had his entire career is going to all of a sudden change. Now, I do think that he could come out and actually come out with a karate-based stance, whereas he was more boxing-based in the rematch, leaving him more vulnerable to those calf kicks. And I know Poirier kicked his legs last time out, but I actually am expecting Connor to kick Poirier's legs. Um, that's actually been an issue we've seen from Poirier more than once against Gaethje, against Miller. You know, those were guys that hurt him, you know, with those kicks. And so I think we see Connor throw some more kicks here. I think we see Connor not be so heavy on his leg, but um, we have evidence now, and I didn't really factor this in, in the rematch that Poirier could hurt Connor with his hands in the early going, like before Connor's even passed that threshold of being gassed. Um, Connor was starting to slow down, but I don't think he was at that, you know, tipping point where he was just exhausted. And so now we know that either guy could hurt the other early. Um, we didn't really get to see Poirier visibly rocked by Connor, but he did admit after the fact that Connor did hurt him uh, in the rematch, that is. And so we got the fact that either guy could hurt the other in the first 10 minutes, but I got to favor Poirier because. If this fight gets extended, he's the guy that I have more confidence in. We've seen Poirier go five rounds with Hooker, five, round, five rounds with Holloway, and he's just got great pace and output. I don't think Poirier's got elite cardio. We saw him slow down against Holloway, but he's got better uh, cardio than Connor, and he's been more active. And so um, it's a, I agree that the odds this time are much much more accurate than the rematch. Like I just, I thought that plus 250 on Poirier was ridiculous. Um, anytime, just, in, just conceptually, just ignore the name Conor McGregor. When you got a guy that's a minus 300 favorite or higher, and his main way of winning is tied to a first or second round knockout and a five round fight, like I better hope that he gets that finish then. Otherwise I'm going to be sweating that bet. Um, so I agree with the odds being around where they are. Uh, picking Poirier for the reasons I mentioned, but but I'm not going to be surprised if Connor goes out here and wins. I think it's a close fight, and that's why I think the odds are very reasonable now. Yeah, no, I I, I think you made a good breakdown of the fight, AJ, for sure. I mean, it's a, it's definitely a competitive fight, guys. You can't you can't really be too confident in either guy. That's what I think about this fight. You could have a lean. I do lean towards Dustin. I think he is going to be the winner of this fight. Like maybe between 55 and 60% of the time. That's what I would say that, you know what I mean? So I think the, the odds are probably a little bit accurate, AJ, but that first fight was like, or sorry, the second fight, excuse me, the odds were too off. And I think you did take Dustin. I think you'd bet on Dustin in that fight as a, as a dog. So nice job. Um, I'm looking forward to this fight a lot, guys. I know you guys are too. I mean, it goes without saying it's an incredible fight. I do think that a pick em line seems about accurate for this fight with a slight lean towards Dustin. And, you know, I was looking at, when I was watching the fights again, the last couple, the last fight, especially, I was like, you know, what could Connor do differently? I just think that it's the same thing. You can blast him in the first round. And other than that, AJ, I think he's going to be in trouble if the fight gets extended, like you said. So, should be a great fight, guys. But me and AJ, we kind of have the same lean in this. And I feel like a lot of us in this chat were the other day saying Dustin, but we did have, I know Cole said he liked Connor. So, what do you guys, anyone else have um, their uh, their pick on Connor in this fight? Let me know. And you got some more comments, by the way. Powell's asking about Marina Moros. Battle fans says she's got OnlyFans. I didn't even know that. I didn't know she had an OnlyFans. That's that's cool. <laughs> I didn't even know. I don't man, I swear to I swear, guys, like I I I you know, I'm I'm glad that these 
fighters and whatever have these OnlyFans, they can make some more money, but I wouldn't pay for this stuff. I don't know about you, AJ. I, I mean, there's enough free stuff on the internet, guys. Like, I'm not sure what we do. Although, again, like, I don't want to take money out of their pockets, so I'm glad they are. She said her, uh, she's fought tough from tiring her husband's supporter and gave her some motivation. That's good. That's good. Um, Maria's not a bad fighter. She's okay. She's like a decent, she's like a gatekeeper type of 125, I think. Jose is asking about Dana White contender series. I haven't even looked at it, Jose. I'd, I'd love to, but I'm glad that there are some heavyweight prospects coming up. Hugo Cannon, Martin Boudet, that's good to see. He's talking about some uh, younger guys like Nagano. No, I shouldn't say Nagano's young, sorry. Um, but some guys like Aspidal Pavlovich coming up. I, I don't know why I said Nagano's not. Those old, the first bunch of guys are in their 30s. Not that they're old, but they're not young by any means. Um, Battle fans wants Dustin to win. Let me get this question. What do you guys – yeah, we're, gonna, we're about to do this anyways. I might as well take your question, Marcus. So I asked AJ before he came on, underdog bet of the week. We always do this, and I feel like our hitting percentage has been decent, AJ. So if you want to take a second maybe to think about it while, while I can give one out, or do you have one already? Or Yeah, I have one. Uh, the last time we were on the show, and I do remember it, is we, we both picked uh, Valiev. I think you, you actually yes, bet him, though. I did bet him, yeah. He was plus 190, and, man, that was a great pick. And – uh I thought it was just a close fight. I took the value and he won. It was a great fight. So, thanks, yeah, man. nice. Yeah, no problem. Um, mine is going to be Greg Hardy, and it's just it kind of like I, I have this like stiffness within me because it's just like he's got the reach here. He's got the better boxing, I think. But the dude has like five minutes of cardio. We saw that in the green fight, and I know Tui Vasa doesn't have good cardio either. Neither guy's a good grappler or wrestler. And, and so in theory, Hardy's getting a, an opponent that will, will oblige him in the type that type of fight that he wants. Uh, the issue then becomes Hardy, because of the football background, the NFL background, that is, um, he's a lot more athletic than a lot of the guys he's facing in this weight class. But Tui Vasa's, you know, even if you maybe don't want to argue he's NFL level football or NFL level athlete, he's a rugby player, he's an athletic heavyweight. Um, I don't, I, I think the fight is close. I think Tuivasa has got more power. Um, I think he trains at the better camp, but I just would say Hardy's a live underdog because of the reach, because of the better boxing, but it's not like I'm just running to the window wanting to bet him. You know what I mean? It's just like an underdog that, um, I think has a legit shot to win. And, uh, for the reasons that I mentioned. Totally understandable. I'm picking two bases on that one. I, I think he can just kind of outclass Hardy in the field a little bit. I, that's what I'm thinking. He's got the faster hands, but you know, Greg does have the reach. He's got the size. So could be a very interesting fight. Um, All right. So there's a couple of dogs I'm looking at. And again, you guys heard the uh, me and Marcel do the podcast. So you know, some of the ways I'm thinking, but one that, I, one that just stands out to me, Jay, I have no idea what you think, what you're thinking about this, but it is, uh, she's technically an underdog plus 100. Yana Kunitskaya. I'm not sure your thoughts on this fight, RJ, but I just think she's got a path to win here with the grappling. That's why I'm looking at her because I think she can maybe get Aldana down. Aldana was taken down five times in the last fight. She's been taking down a lot in her career. I know her number says 82%. It's very good. But again, watching those fights back, Talita Bernardo took her down. Um, who was the other girl that took her down? Uh, Raquel Pennington took her down. Like To me, she has questionable grappling defense. If the fight stays standing, she'll probably pick apart Yana, no doubt. I mean, she's got the better boxing. We all know that. But I just questioned the grappling defense, AJ and Yana. You talk about those like relentless type of grapplers. Like you said, Bilal Muhammad, he's persistent, right? Yana is the same way. She just moves forward constantly trying to get you to the ground and hold you there. And, and she has a high work rate, AJ. Her last fight, 
very controversial decision. But again, you look at the stats, she landed so many strikes off her back in that fight, right? So I think she can do it, guys. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a close fight, but I think she can edge it out. Any thoughts? Yeah, she, just like Hardy, I picked her to win. Um, she's go. got, she's the better in the clinch. She's like really strong in the clinch. She held Aspen Ladd in the clinch, Storley Arenko. Um, and she's not a bad striker either. She's actually, she comes from a good um, striking background, like Thai boxing, I think, Russian Thai boxing. And um, I mean, yeah, it's fair to favor Aldana on the feet. I'm with you there. Better volume, better boxing. But we saw that issue in Eldana. I mean, against Holly Holm, I know Holly's a great fighter and everything, but she just did not know how to adapt to Holly's footwork. Holly just kept circling to the same side the whole fight, and she couldn't adjust to that. And, you know, it was always reasonable the fighters improved in the meantime. But the fact that she's been this far in her career and couldn't make that adjustment when Holly just kept circling to the power side is just a huge concern for me. So um, I agree. This is another fight. I agree with it being closed. It's not like I can't see Eldana winning. Oh. I just think that when you got a com very competitive striking fight, but then you th then if I want to edge Kunitsky in the clinch battle and the control battle, that's why I, I lean with her to win. Oh, that that's pretty much what I'm thinking. I just I don't know. Like Aldana has had some good fights. I was at the fight with Vieira where she knocked her out. I mean, she's got some power, but I just think Jan is very very tough. She's extremely tough. She's very motivated, and I, I like I like how she's been fighting lately. So I'm I'm leaning towards her. Grateful dude likes her too. That's good, man. Glad to hear that. Daniel says, uh, Yana scored a TD on Cyborg. I can't remember that, but I, all I know is that she got smashed. But again, that was a tough fight. She lost to Aspen Lad to another tough fight. Um, Marcelo is asking about Tavares. Yeah, he's the favorite. He's uh, a pretty like clean favorite, minus 165. So no, no like controversy there. I'll get a few more questions. Jose, I forgot to answer this one. He's asking about Amir Albazi, the flyweight. Yeah, it's a good question because he beat Jalgis, right? But he hasn't fought since then. Um, I don't know. Marcel maybe knows. Maybe you can tell us, Marcel. Marcus says he's dropping money on Poirier when he lands in Las Vegas. Yeah, Marcus is going to be in Vegas. I think he's what are you going to be there tomorrow, Marcus, or tonight? I can't remember. He thinks that Poirier should be favored by a larger margin. I don't trust Connor suspect cardio. Man, Marcus, guys, he's going to be a T-Mobile guy. That's pretty sick, man. Have you been in T-Mobile AJ? You've been once or no? No. Been in Vegas before or no? I have, and I'm actually going on Sunday again. Sunday? Yeah. Why not Saturday? Why don't you watch the fight? What are you doing? <laughs> well, because it's an invitational event, and I didn't have a say in in when. So, I see. I see. So you've yeah. been. You said you've been once already, or yeah, once five years ago or so. Cool, cool. cool. That's awesome, yeah. man. Have fun, dude. That's that's amazing. Too bad you're not there for the fight. That'd be sick, right? Yeah, that's maybe awesome. it's for the better. Save yeah, some money, and I know yeah. exactly. Probably, <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Um, again, you know, I, I just want people to go back and listen to Tuesday's show because I don't want to go through this whole card again. I mean, there's a lot of fights, as you guys know, but. Um, I guess I'll get your quick thoughts on the co-main event. We'll get out of here after that, Marcel. Or excuse me, uh, AJ, sorry. I'll get your quick thoughts on the co-main. Burns and Thompson, man. What are you thinking? Yeah, uh, before I do that, real quick, for whoever was asking about Albazi, he actually fights Ode Osborne next event. There you go. There you go. So um, there you go. He's a pretty decent-sized favorite. But uh, Thompson and Burns, I think it's tough to say where the odds should be exactly just because when was the last time we saw a guy – uh, excuse me, Thompson fight a guy like Burns. He's been facing guys that mainly just want to strike with him. Yep. Like, I guess the closest guy would be Woodley from a few years ago. And I mean, yeah, you could say that Thompson won both fights, but those are way too close for comfort if you were betting Thompson there. Yep. And so I think it's fair to favor Thompson because the fight is probably going to be contested on the feet. And we know who the better striker is. And he's also longer and, you know, more technical, more varied, et cetera, et cetera. 
And but the thing with Thompson is I've just we just seen him hurt way too many times. And I, I know he's been facing some big hitters recently and they couldn't they couldn't hurt him, Luke and Neil and and even Masvidal, but like I still go back on tape and I see him knocked out cold by Anthony Pettis, who's not a big power puncher by any means. And then you see him rocked by Darren Till, you know, Woodley both times, uh, Ellenberger. Like I have a lot of respect for Burns' striking early. And I think overall, but especially early, he's got deceivingly fast hands and big power. Um, he hurt, he's hurt durable guys. He hurt Mercier. He hurt uh, Maya. He even hurt Hooker prior to Hooker hurting him. Um, I think learns Burns is excuse me live to land a big shot on the feet. He could also chop Thompson's lead leg with some hard calf kicks, which he has. But beyond that, I I got a favor Thompson to win on the feet. But yeah, it's fine. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I didn't. I thought you were done. Go ahead. Yeah, just a little bit more. Um, yeah, go ahead. Burns underrated chain wrestler. He can maybe get the fight to the ground, but I don't think he'll control Thompson. Thompson's a brown belt in jujitsu. Probably could get back up uh, within like two minutes or so. I'd say. And T- Burns is going to be running at Thompson, I think, and Thompson will like that because he'll just be able to control range and counter. So I agree with <clears throat> Thompson being the favorite, but I'm not like I'm not like so confident in him at the line, if that makes sense, just because we don't have enough data, recent data, to know exactly how he'll fare against Burns. Uh, Fair enough. Uh, Pavlo says he thinks Burns is going to win. <laughs> Marcel said, uh, "There, AJ, man, Adam, where are you calling you, Marcel? You got to look as sexy as me, I guess." <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm just so used to being with Marcel. No, I'm kidding. You're saying Osborne's fighting Minnell Cape. Yes, that fight was announced like two days ago, maybe a couple days ago. So mm. a little switch up there, AJ. Um, as far as this fight goes, yeah, I'm with you. I think that I think that the line is right. I mean, I I think they opened it wrong. They opened up Burns as the favorite. I don't think that was the right call. <laughs> Got to be honest. As we've seen, the the line moved very quickly the other way. So the odds makers blew this one. Um, but you can kind of see what they were thinking because Burns is slightly younger and obviously he's been very successful lately. Um, he even hurt Usman before getting finished himself. But uh, just, I still think the striking levels are, are, there's a big wide gap, I still think. But I am worried about the chin. I am. I am, AJ. Because that punch from Pettis, watching that fight again, man, it didn't seem like that hard of a punch and it put him out cold. So, you know, guy, he was known for never being knocked out in kickboxing MMA for like 100 fight, fights. Like, he bragged about it. I haven't been knocked out ever. Then he gets knocked out. Darren Till drops him. It's like, maybe, and, and obviously Woodley hurt him too. Maybe his chin is going a little bit, AJ. Maybe it is going at age 38. Maybe Burns can catch him. Everyone's thinking Burns is going to take him down and, and beat him on the ground. But maybe Gilbert just lands a big punch in the feet. Maybe that's what he wants to do. So, it's an interesting fight. I, I, I don't think it's as clear cut as some people are saying. I'm still going to pick Thompson, like, like AJ is. But I'm just saying, like, the more I've been thinking about this fight this week... There are some more paths to victory for Burns than just the ground. He could win on the feet too, which makes it more of an interesting fight than I initially kind of thought it was. You know, AJ, because initially I'm like, he doesn't have much of a chance on the feet at all. But then it's like you look at Thompson and the decline a little bit in the in the durability. That's the only thing I'm worried about. My, I think he's still as fast as ever. I think he's still got the striking skills. It's just the durability that worries me. Because again, we did see what Burns did to Damian Maya. We saw what he did to uh, was it Tyron Woodley where he dropped him? So I'm, I'm with you, AJ. I think you made a good point there, but I still lean towards Wonderboy. Um, Daniel says, I'm picking Burns to be contrarian. Everyone's on Thompson. He brought in, yeah, that's another thing I was going to mention. In the press conference, he said he brought in Raymond Daniels because they said, Who did you bring in to, to mimic Wonderboy? And he's like, There's no one else besides Raymond that I could bring in. So I brought him in. And Raymond's obviously an excellent uh, striker, we, as you know, AJ from, from Bellator. Uh, and he looked great in the ground his last fight too. So that's cool that he's training Sanford. I mean, the guy who's 40 years old getting better, that's cool. Love it. 
Um, Marcus says, I was in attendance when Burns was finished by Hooker in Vegas. I love Thompson against Burns, who has rocked real bad against Eastman. And uh, Pavel says, fighters against Burns at 155. It's true. Now, there's two, I guess, two ways we can look at that. Number one, he, he got knocked out of the guy who's smaller with probably less power. But at the same token, he doesn't have to cover that weight. So, yeah, I mean, and Burns had some, like, he had some bad losses kind of, AJ, at 155. Remember, we... Michelle Perez, Prezeris, we talked about him a few weeks ago. He lost to him, for instance. So he's a good fighter, but I, I think 170 was a good move for him a couple years ago. And yeah, maybe he's not as good as Usman, but he still needs the majority of guys in this division. So yeah. Um, do you guys have anyone, any more like last second questions? I'll take them, but we're going to get out of here in a minute, though. Um, AJ, was there anything else that we missed that I forgot to talk about that you wanted to talk about um, that happened maybe this week or last week? Um, I mean, not, I mean, not really. I mean, okay. I think we, we covered a lot. I, yeah, I mean, the no Bellator PFL this week or last memory serves. Yeah, we didn't have PFL. Or, I think no. we had, did we have PFL? I, I know we didn't have Bellator, but it's just no, the, no PFL and Bellator. We're going to have PFL, I believe, at the end of August. They have the three events, the semifinal events, and then we have the championship in December. Yeah. Daniel Edwards, okay. I was face lights up. We said Sanford. Love it. <laughs> Yeah. Sanford MM Adam. <laughs> yes. That's so good, Marshawn. I love it. That's so hilarious. Good. He's saying Omari's being overlooked. There's a lot of guys being overlooked on this card. There's just so many fights. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so a guy like Omari's very good grappler is being a little overlooked. I'm just trying to see if there's anything else I forgot. Um, oh, uh, did I get your thoughts on Blades and Gone? Or, sorry, not Blades and Gone, excuse me, Gone and Lewis. Did I get your thoughts on that? I don't know um, if I talked to you about it. No, I don't think so. Do you want to get your thoughts on the interim title being created? Any. any Thoughts obviously a very controversial decision, I would say. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm never one to really like talk too much about that whole subject because there's just so much that goes on behind the scenes that like we don't even see. So for me to like assume like I knew what went down would just be kind of bizarre. Um, I, I guess the word was that there wasn't they needed to put together a big fight and Ganu wasn't ready for a particular card, and they needed to kind of have like a really popular, attractive fight to make this card kind of pop and. Uh, Gone and Lewis, I guess, made the most sense considering what they had. I know that there's been a lot of uproar with this fight. There's always uproar with any fight that gets made in this sport, but that's why we love it, I guess. Um, you know, in some ways, and I might get hate for this, but I think it makes sense in a way because it establishes a clear number one contender for Nganu and you know, just because it was supposed to be him versus Lewis. And then we got gone who recently beat Volkov. So now it may seem like he's the next guy up, but if you have the two of them fight each other, it creates a, you know, a, a clear way to see who gets Nganu next. And, you know, whoever loses could fight him afterwards or something like that, or they could fight the winner of uh, Rosenstruck and blades or something like that. But uh, what it does for me on the, at least on the positive side is it creates clarity for the next guy in line for the shot. Yeah, I agree with that too. Let me get these comments. Last couple of guys won't get out of here. Marcus is asking about uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah, so today's actually four years anniversary from the fight of Michael Johnson's debut. I saw that all over Twitter. So that was an amazing fight. I remember I skipped on a date with some girl to, to watch that fight instead. Great decision, by the way. I'm, I'm married, now I'm engaged to someone else who's way better anyway. So it worked out pretty good. But at the time, I wasn't so sure if it was the best decision, although it turned out to be a great fight. But man, that girl was pretty she was good looking back then. But it's all good. It's all good. Four years ago, then it's like the time goes by fast, AJ. It's like I'm like I literally remember what I was doing that night. I remember exactly. So it's amazing fight, one of the best fights, probably the best debut fights ever. 
He was asking uh, – Pavel was asking Cole about this, but he was asking about Andre Fialo. I don't know. I mean, he's lost his last two fights. You're saying he got signed. Maybe he did. He just won a fight a few weeks ago, so maybe he could be coming at a short notice. That make, doesn't make sense. He did beat James Vick earlier this year too, so that makes sense. Um, and Pablo, pa, uh, Pablo said uh, Kabachi's on Friday. That's Marcel. Yeah. I haven't been watching. I don't even know what channel it is on Canada. I have, have you been watching at all the, the new Kabachi? Like the – I don't ever watch it live. Yeah, it's yeah, just like yeah. Cave study. I, exactly, exactly. Same here, but I don't even think we have a channel in Canada, to be honest. But yeah, Gaethje, I mean, the guys have fought in, what, almost a year now, since October, right? Since he fought Khabib. He wanted to fight Chandler, I think, if he wanted to fight Oliveira. Boy, yeah. I'm going to take your question one sec, Marcel, but any, like, who do you think he's going to fight? I mean, Gaethje's got to fight someone. Chandler, I guess, makes sense. I think Chandler or Dariush makes a ton of sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I think you can't go wrong with either guy being matched up with each other. Because it's just like who wouldn't, who wouldn't want to see either of those fights? Like I would be all over that. I mean, (laughs) it would just be awesome. So yeah, Yeah, I'm with you on that. And here's I'm gonna take the last question, guys. We'll get out of here. Babel fan says Daniel White said the Mount Rushmore of UFC is Conor McGregor, Ronda Rousey, Chuck Liddell, GSP. Where's Anderson Silva? (laughs) I mean, he's got the most wins. I mean, where's John Jones? Where's Hoist Gracie? Yeah. I don't know about that that list. I mean, it's a pretty modern list, and I'm not surprised by it, but. He's saying Albert Tumanov. Is that Albert Tumanov or his brother? But he wants to fight D-Rod. That'd be good because uh, you, you lost your Mavi Madoff. AJ, plug your stuff, man, before we get out of here. Tell, me where, tell the people where they can find you and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, new Twitter handle right there, AJ MMA Betting, trying out some new things. Uh, yeah, a lot of cool stuff. I uh, got three bets posted for the event. You could access them on dailyfanmma.com or betmma.tips, my profile, AnthonyS364. Um, cool stuff in the works. Uh, I got a, a new logo. My, my one that I have right now is pretty basic. So I, I got a guy uh, who's nice enough to help me with that. And uh, yeah, website is just updated. AJMMABetting.com. I'm thankful to have a, a monkey knife fight support me. And um, I'm going to do a live show with uh, Connor Roundtree on Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern time. I screwed that up when I said it earlier. Eastern time this Friday to talk about our, our favorite plays uh, for the upcoming card. So uh, check us out. We're going to go live on a, a Twitch stream. And uh, thanks as always, Adam. Always good talking to you. Hey, I appreciate you joining, man. Thanks again. And thanks all you guys for the questions today. It was very, very good in the chat. So I appreciate it, guys. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at mmatamartinpodcast, maoddsbreaker.com. It's on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere you find your podcast. The podcast can be found to download. Um, but of course, we like when you guys are in the live chat. Um, I'm also available at bjpen.com, myamainnews.com, Fancy Fanatics. Okay, so for them, I got some like preview videos out. Like it's just like short previews of the uh, the main card for this weekend. So that's cool. Got to plug some stuff here. Spectation Sports. I got top five Conor McGregor moments, and then I got some prop bets that I like for that card as well. Um, and then of course, Elite Fancy Elite Sports Betting tomorrow. I'm gonna have my full DFS breakdown over there. And uh, yeah, I've been having a good year, man. So it's it's going well, and uh, I'm hoping to continue this weekend, guys. Appreciate it, guys. Again, AJ, have a great weekend, man. Thanks again for uh, for joining me. And I'll talk to you guys on Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern. Marcel will join me for that podcast.